Good evening, afternoon, or night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Hello, how are you today? I'm your host, Mitch Corbett, and we have a fantastic guest for you on the podcast today. I'm talking to my old chum, my old pal, my old friend from cruise ships, Yanina Reville. Now, Yanina is from Australia, and so uh, she was the first person I ran to on cruise ships, and with both our first contracts on the Grand Princess, and we just gravitated to each other, and we've become uh, close friends ever since. Uh, I got to see her once when I was on a tour of Australia in Melbourne. We got high down at the beach, which was a great time. Um, and I wanted to have her on a podcast because I wanted to, you know, catch up with her, see what's going on. She's had a lot going on in her life. Um, she's got two kids. She's in a brand new relationship. She's still a wonderful photographer. Um, and I just wanted to catch up with her. But in catching up with her, we talk about some real shit. Uh, she is a survivor of uh, an abusive relationship. Um, so I guess this is my trigger warning for anyone listening. We talk a lot about uh, how she got out of that relationship, what's like to deal with it now. Uh, we also talk about um, uh, some other relationships that she knows of that have some sort of thing. So uh, there might be some bleeps and bloops here and there just to cut out names for privacy sakes and everything. Um, but we talk about it all and she was, she was so bubbly and heartwarming during the conversation. Um, and that, which is why I fell in love with her because she is just such a sweet uh, woman, so kind, so nice. And uh, for her to be able to come out on the other side of that is a real testament to who she is as a human being. And as a mother and as a, 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 a partner, um, wife, whatever you have you. Um, and so, yeah, this is a, this is going to be a fun chat. It's going to be some, we're going to deal with a few things, but I really hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get to the podcast that with the, the beautiful soul that is Yanina Reveal. This is the most professional interview I've ever done. <laughs> this is what happens when you do an interview with, uh, well, not all mums. Some mums are quite organized. I actually, I actually had a job interview uh, a few weeks back, um, where the guy did it from home, and his two kids kept on interrupting, and he was the boss interviewing me, and I somehow didn't end up getting the job. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Right now? Oh, I know. It's so weird the way that kids just change everything, and your professional levels just right, so slowly let, disintegrate. So let me ask you that because, like. I think I have, like, I don't have kids, obviously, but I have a pretty good idea on how kids change someone's life. Like, I have enough friends that talk, tell about or, like, say, like, the stereotypical blah, mojo, blah, 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 whatever about it. How does a child actually change your life? Like, legitimately, like, really? It's a really good question, because, again, people say you don't know until you've had them, and this is one case where it's... It's just so true. I think it's different for males and females, but uh, there's certainly this element of anxiety. I'd never had anxiety before I had a kid. Just never. Just cruise through life. No anxiety. Easy as. Um, but then having a, a kid and it's, it comes back to the caveman days where, you know, I think it's, mothers are aware. Don't let your baby be eaten by a tiger. You're on full alert. And so that kicks in. And, you know, so there's all these labels on anxiety these days, but I think it's this, that sort of thing kicks in and that's really massive. So Again, maybe not as much for everyone. Everyone's different, but I think there's that. And then, I mean, is, yeah. is there more anxiety with having two of them or just one? Was, was one tolerable or two? And you're like, oh, what the fuck did I get myself into? 
that you brought that up. The funny thing is I thought that with two, that it would somehow dissolve my anxiety because I'd be like, there's two of them. Just let them go. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I honestly thought that's what would happen. But uh, yeah, it did. It just sort of, uh, it couldn't have increased much more, but it just increased a tiny bit more. All right. Well, uh, sorry. I, at the beginning of class, I, I'm supposed to introduce my guest. I'm here with my, my sis from Australia, Yanina. How are you, my <laughs> dear? What's going on? Yes, <laughs> thank you for that. Quick thank you for having me hilariously i thought i'd missed the meeting through sleeping because he went down for his nap my partners got up with him and i just kept sleeping and i thought i've missed the whole thing so this is your life with children and at its forest i do think seems to be a lot of people do just sort of organize things and make sure they have a lot of time for themselves which i do to a point uh pace goes to daycare a few days so i can work and that gives me this amazing balance amazing sanity it gave it to me more with one child, with two children. Now it seems that I still feel like I'm chasing my tail when I'm working and the kids are somewhere else. But it's but work is great. You know, I think it works, it works different for everyone. Some mums don't want to go back to work, but man, I think it's just such a great thing Could to you, balance. Like, were you like when you were a mom and you weren't working, like what did you do at that time that you had that was potentially free? Where like you were just like were you like that Talladega Nights movie? Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't just like. See, <laughs> what time? Yeah, there, there is no, there is, there isn't that time. But again, look, it's so boring. What I'm going to say is it's like you just start rushing around doing housework. Oh, I've got a second to do the washing and do the dishes. Because all of a sudden without kids, there's sort of a certain amount of dishes for two people, two more kids. There's dishes for four people, but minus eight times the amount of time because you're spending every second doing stuff with them, not getting sleep during the night really selling it well to solve that problem i would just say you know like screw the environment you know just get the throwaway dishes and you just do it that way that sounds good styrofoam plates baby there he goes yeah or screw the finances and absolutely just get fish and chips every night (laughs) i mean wouldn't it be wouldn't it be easier to just make dinner and put it on like disposal plates like cheaper that way yeah for sure for sure but then you still have to cook it in something that's why i'm like take away true yeah like i'm yeah. i don't even have kids i'm more, more of like some days i get home from work and i'm like i just don't want to fucking cook at all and i'm the one that cooks everything i mean asking my wife to cook some meal is is like pulling nails out of fucking drywall that's, or something like that that's pretty cool so you love cooking yeah of course yep yep that's the same as uh same as this guy he loves it um and what's, I... uh, what's, uh, what's your yeah what's your partner's name again Dave and I'm pointing. He's he's off in another room somewhere. But yeah, Dave. What's his uh, what's his go to meal to cook for you? If he's trying well, to well, the first meal he ever cooked for me, and it was very like he just made me. I, he was you know he was just in as soon as he made this. I was just like okay, this guy. Did, did he get laid that, night because of that meal or what? Hey, get say again. Did he get laid because that night because of that meal or? Oh yes, yes, <laughs> like yes, that meal. He'd already gotten laid just as I had my first mouthful. Um. And it was <laughs> the way you were just out of my first mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> blue cheese gnocchi. So really simple gnocchi, blue cheese mixed through with some rocket on top and a bit of smoked salmon on top as well. Squeeze a lemon. Mm. So easy. So good. My go-to. You must try it. My go-to to impress ladies back when in the day when I was a, a, a bachelor was a, a nice chicken parmesan with homemade, with like Ritz cracker breading. Oh yeah, that's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I hello. I was I remember when, when I was on Tinder and there was uh, you know, it's just it's, it's it is, isn't it? Food's such a turn on or a turn off. And I remember it was just like 
this awful, such a sad little roast piece of chicken covered in mesh. And it was just, oh, it was just, you know, I was like, oh, dear. You know, again, I'm such a foodie. So you've got to have that in common, I think, with the, if you're a foodie, to have that in common. You're like, hello. It's, it's, uh, awesome. So this is Cole, right? Oh, Pace. <laughs> and he's the youngest? Yeah, yeah. Hello, Pace. Can you speak pace? Can you see me? Yeah, so a lot of the time when he's trying to speak at the moment, he just goes, bap, 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 bap. Okay. Uh, How old is he? Nearly two. Nearly two. That yeah. means you're not nearly three yet. That's right. So he's, I mean, you could just say one, but he's pretty much. Well done. That's a whack of hair on his head. He's got scissors? Is it what? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're plastic. They're plastic, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> this is great parenting lessons right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm the model, model mom. In Australia, <laughs> they do everything backwards, don't you know? Yeah, that's right. Scissors and needles at one year old, and then you know. Yeah, well, that's how they get to learn how to embroider things. Embroider things. <laughs> uh, you know, do stitching on their jackets. And stuff. <laughs> oh actually again on that note the other night i was so impressed with my four-year-old maddie she just started cutting up bits of fabric but it was eight o'clock i was like oh but then she said mom i want to sew this bit to this bit no she said can you get the sticky tape i've got a sticky tape this bit to this bit and i thought sticky tape i said you need to learn to sew and i at eight o'clock at night i taught my four-year-old how to stitch and she made this amazing thing and i was like oh you little fashion designer so you know that's that's where the good bits come in all this kind of stuff so, like, when I first met you, you were a, a burgeoning photographer, first time on cruise ships, first time contract, both of us, and we yeah. gravitated to each other in the cafeteria because it was like, oh, my God, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> There's someone that speaks English. Thank God. Uh, where are you from? Let's go. <laughs> well, that's it. We did. I felt like you were from the same country as me, which Canada and Australia are quite similar, really. Yeah. God save the queen-ish, right? I don't know. Something, something, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Something to do with the Commonwealth a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, we we got to have that first contract and uh, travel with the Caribbean and get to do a lot and see a lot. Um, but, like, that was your only, that was your one and done, weren't you? Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it was. It was, you know, it was my one and that's it. And I was so, it was so sad because I got home and I thought, what the hell am I going to do after something like that, being on a different island every day, you know? there's no job that compares I'm not going to find anything you know so I just had to go out and find something do you so if do only do you regret that like only doing the one and done because I know you were in a relationship and that was your main decision like to come like just doing yeah, one but, like it was which is a decision which is a relationship that ended five years ago now terribly awful <laughs> domestic violence awful domestic violence you know and so it's so funny because that's yeah that ended really badly and it's, regrets are a weird thing aren't they I don't really get regrets in my life I mean I could have regretted being with that that guy for 10 years but you know I I loved the house that we bought and it, it was okay for a while there you know in the last couple of years when the alarm bells really rang and then it was time to go I'm so glad Madeline was born because otherwise I wouldn't have gotten out of there if she hadn't have been around I would have been like oh no I've got to put up with this but I'm like no she doesn't we've got to go uh I have to be okay for her to be okay um so that was really great that she was born and I, mean, I had to I had to get out of there so take, um, take me through that thought process because you're in this relationship that you know is abusive, but you 
deal with it for a long time oh yeah and then yeah. you have a kid and you're like oh it's not just me i have to worry about it's this no, other person and it's like like I, that's kind of why i wanted to have the podcast no i don't want to harp too much on this but no just, no like, this is deal. I'm, not people talk about it i'm so glad you're talking about it. it's so oh and it's something i really want to get out there i can't tell you how wonderful you brought this up it's exactly what i'd love to talk about on this podcast because Perfect. you just said you know how you knew you were in a, an abusive relationship i didn't i didn't really you know, you sort of go, oh, it's not right, but because you've lived with it and it's, it incrementally gets worse over time. And I think that's always the way. It's like this textbook thing with with this domestic abuse, domestic violence. It's this textbook thing and it's always the same and you don't know what's happening and it's just so slow. And they're all so, they're always so good at manipulation. Name calling always comes into it. Um, but the manipulation and this, this um, you know, the belittling and what do they call it now? There's the um but they just know how to do these things and i don't know how but it's always the same and you don't know you have no idea you're in this bad relationship and it took me many many months of counseling to be like gosh and you know i remember that moment in the counselor's office and she said but don't you realize that he's doing that to get to hurt you he's actually because i'm just like i just he can't control his temper i've got to help him and that so much is the classic thing i'm going to help them control the temper but it's not about that it's they're trying to you know and it's it's an obvious thing but it's not obvious when you're in in the middle of it and it's not like, until you're out and you can have those moments you go oh my god they're trying to they're trying to control or hurt me or actually yell at me not for because they can't control themselves it's not and so like i'm sure like now that you're past it like like do, did your friends know did they try and talk to you or were you just like no that there was like a brick wall every no, time no, no, because you never and look it's so funny my best friend she also had the exact same thing and at a similar time she left she had to leave her husband and yeah. for her it didn't get that physical for me it was very ment mental mentally draining and it was emotional abuse just so much yelling and wall punching but not actually physical but with it had gotten really physical and I was actually worried about her physical being um because my, uh, my my friend was through the same thing so I'm just like it's like and like she was like uh, she mentioned things and then I would be like hey do you want me to stay over do you want me to kick his ass and they'd be like she'd be like no you can't yeah you can't do anything and I was like well why yeah. can't I do anything she sort of she sort of let you in on it but again with and our closest buddies but we didn't really let each other in on knowing these things really but even when we did and again like I understood she's like she was living in Japan at the time and she said no I can't leave I can't come home and I was like you can you can she's like no I just we're you know, and the most some of the most times the most dangerous bit is when you've said no, I'm leaving, and then you don't leave. And I sort of said that to him, and I was like, oh, this is really dangerous because they're living in the same house. And she's like, no, when we get home, I, I, I'm leaving. We're we're done. And that's when it gets can get really serious. And for me, I think especially because I had Madeline, I remember I'd sort of trying to get out of the house, and I'd be strapping Madeline in the car really quick, getting out of there. And like he just the, the that's when the anger just really burns out. Like when you're trying to trying to leave, so that's when you have to be really careful. But Oh, and for me, the healing really started when I started being honest. I had this mother's group, you know, 10 women I've never met before, but I, I started seeing a counsellor and I was like, I know I need to let this out. So in front of these 10 women I've never met, we've all got new babies. I just was saying, yep, so here's this. And then, the, yep, this morning he yelled and I have to, it's not, and everyone sort of the shock on their faces helps you go, yeah, and it's like, I've got to get, get out, out of here. You're outside your bubble and then you get to see it really. Yeah, it's like I know I don't have quite the right perspective. I've got to get that perspective so I can so I can leave and really get out of there. But it's so funny. My partner actually has left an abusive relationship as well. So uh, the, the other thing I'd love to air is the fact that it totally goes both ways. It goes both ways, and I just feel so sorry for 
for the men out there where it goes the other way for because they don't get they don't get the kind of help that women get because with women it's more fatal uh, to a point you know and so that's really unfair when when the other person when a female calls she calls domestic violence then in court for example like trying to see <laughs> these men trying to see their children um, as soon as a woman calls that, it's like, oh, that's serious. Then we've got to, be, you know, you stop that. And it's like there's so many men who aren't doing anything and there's manipulative, just as many manipulative, abusive women as there are men, you know. It's like, it seems like there's no right way to Maybe go not just as many. I shouldn't say just as many. Sorry. No, no. But like, you know, it's it's it seems like there's just, there's no right way to go about getting out of in a relationship, like aside from just leaving and like just getting the fuck out. Like I... There's no talking to them. There's no communicating when it's yeah. an abusive person. I've learned this. Yeah, you absolutely just do not engage in anything. And then the text messages flow, everything flows. You just do not connect to that. Yeah. Like I uh I don't know if this is a friend of mine or I heard it from a friend of a friend, but there's a girl that I think I know through proxy that um she bought this property with her uh husband or uh, now ex-husband. Uh, and he's holding on to the property and he doesn't want to sell it, even though she invested so much money into this property. I had this exact same issue. Yep. <laughs> so she invested all this money in this property and she wants to yeah. get it back. And my th- thought process is like, it's only money. It's going to cause you more and more stress the way that the way that this guy wants to hold on to it. Just cut your losses and just get rid yes. of it. Like whenever he decides to do it, whether it sells or not, he'll give you the money regardless. But like, don't try and actively sell it. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Uh, it's love money. It's like, I don't think it's worth your health or your mental. Isn't it funny? Look, and not even money. Yeah, it's it's not. And I absolutely, I'm so glad that I saw that straight from the beginning. I couldn't agree more with you. It's not worth it. He, I, he, I left the house to, I left the house, which is what you don't do. Don't leave the house because then child. it's scares, you know. With the child. I left the house with the child. So he's got the house. So then he's not letting me in to get any of my things. Uh, and it's this weird and thing where they're, they're just things, yeah. But I, I left with nothing. I left with I took my passport, which is quite lucky. But yeah, I took no, nothing. Obviously, like certain things, like a passport or ID, passport. is important. Yeah, but <laughs> I left, and TV. then and then uh, yeah, I left, and he had all the stuff in the house. And the day that we finally got, because uh, again, look, I, I was lucky because it's sort of the house was in my name. So I luckily was after many, many months able to hop him out so that I could sell it and just split the proceeds and just, because in terms of financial settlement, I wanted everything settled financially. That's a big thing to get everything settled financially, go to court to get the, 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 the kiddo stuff sorted. But the divorce happened only a few months ago. You don't have to get divorced, which is amazing. That's not even a thing. It doesn't even mean anything. The financial stuff matters in court. Anyway, so he took everything from the house. And then like I just gave him close to half what of whatever he was asking for in court because I'm like, I don't want to argue about this. I just, yeah, that's money. He's got my stuff. Take my stuff. Take the money. I will go on my way now, you know. Um, to a point, like it's 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 sort of also you want to actually finally find your voice. So you want to sort of say, no, I want to keep this, please, because I've finally got a voice now. I'm not scared of your anger and I'm actually going to say how I think or how I feel, which is a big deal. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you know what, the one poignant moment that I should mention, it was the morning that I left, the morning that I left, it was actually International Women's Day. It's so strange, but it was the 8th of March five, five years ago. Five years ago. And... My mum was over and he was screaming about a lot of financial abuse as well. I earned most of a lot of the money and he was on the phone screaming at me because 
I'd had Madeline, so I didn't know when I was going back to work. And he was like, when are you going back to work? When are you going back to work? Oh, you got to get back to work. I'm like, I mean, how it's so, when I say it out loud now, you know, it's, it's like a different world. And, but he wanted a new car. And so he's saying to me, you've got to send me a payslip. I want to get a new car. <laughs> and I was like, how do you think we're going to afford that? You get in my payslip. I don't work there right now. I don't know when I'm going back. Blah, blah, blah. Mom got on the phone. Why do you think they need Nina's payslip? Because you can't afford this. What are you doing? And he started yelling at her. And it was so funny because I had mum there, Madeline there. He's yelling at my mum. And that's, it wasn't yelling at me, didn't matter. But it was the yelling at my mother. I went, you're yelling at my mum. That's it. That's it. And I was like, okay, just close the phone. Just, he's just screaming, close the phone, put the phone down, help me, help me pack a few things. And we're going right now. And that was like, that was the critical moment. I think when it's affects someone else other than you, for some reason, we're all Marty's and we don't notice things third party perspective but it's someone else that you love then it's like okay for some yeah do you um like having gone through that experience are you like are you any like you're you said that you're going through therapy like are you able to help other people with your experience or is that something you've thought about or anything like that I think I'm a good I'm a good person to talk to, but I think that it's really hard to find a really good counsellor. Again, Dave's had a few experiences with bad counsellors. I was really lucky. I found one, and they were they were fantastic. Karen, she was great, and I think it's a really a difficult one. A one, a one good Karen, that's lucky. I know, right? You know, her name was Karen. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> it's a cheap joke. I apologize. Don't come at me, please. <laughs> Don't psychoanalyze me. I have lots going on. <laughs> You know, she's good. She's probably right now. She's already working on your mind. She, no, because I mean, a good counselor, what they do is they don't tell you what to think and they don't tell you anything in particular. What they do is reflect back on you what you're saying. And then inside you go, they say, well, do you really, so you've said that. Do you really think that? And then the way that she puts it, you think about it yourself in your own body and mind and soul and go, oh, no, no, that's not right, okay. And it's sorting yourself out, just reflecting a mirror back on you. And I don't quite know how how she does that. I mean, it sounds really simple to do, but I think a lot of counsellors just don't do that. And I think that's what a good counsellor is. I don't think there's many about, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd be good at it because as I just said, I, I was just thinking that I'm good at listening and I could listen to someone telling me this stuff, but I know that I couldn't, I feel like I couldn't help them because you really have to help yourself because I got out and then I was talking to the counsellor, but it was that moment inside me that went, shink, I think, yeah, it's a strange thing, but you really have to sort of, you have to see it yourself, which I don't quite know how that can happen a lot of the time. Again, I was worried. She, I was worried that her life might be ended and she's in Japan and there's nothing I could say to her. And I knew there was nothing I could say to her because she's saying stuff, but she's like, I know, I know, but I can't. And I was like, I, I get it. I get it. Okay now though, right? Like she's, she's great now. Let's she's finish got that. A great story. Let's everyone she's know that. She's got a great story too. She was trying for four years to have IVF with this guy. Four years of IVF, no baby. And then, and she was just, it was awful. And then she, 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 yeah, left him because she had to. And then within a year, she's, she's, she's gone on Tinder, met, met up with someone a few months later, just uh, for like the first time. And she's like, look, by the way, I'm pretty, I'm not really, you know, I can't have babies. So don't worry about that. They get pregnant for the, the was, first time. It was, uh, I'm assuming a lot had to do with the stress and worry of uh, that relationship that probably affected her ability to have, be, have a pregnancy. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Conception is yeah, a lot of stress involved. Stress is such a huge factor in conception. And so, yeah, four years of IVF, nothing, where they're actually putting the sperm in the egg. No, 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 no baby, but this, yay. You know, that's, I don't know much about IVF, but it, it, it I've known a, a thing or two where like, 
it's like you're not allowed to have sex with your partner while you're trying to do it and i'm like that doesn't sound like fun it's i mean so not fun. i feel it's like fun. i feel like even if you can't get pregnant and they're like oh your your sperm count is low or your your eggs are low you should still just you know keep on having as much sex as you possibly can to get pregnant and even if you don't then it, then it doesn't but like the ibf the idea of not having sex especially if like if you're a newlywed and it's like oh i want to get pregnant right away and they they tell you to do ibf and i'm like well isn't the point of, of being married is to like just you know just enjoy i don't know like i said i'm not a scientist I'm well look i think yeah there's there's technicalities at play for example another friend of mine oh it's uterus entirely closed off so not going to happen unless you get the i can get the sperm and pop it in there because something had happened everything's closed so the the area where the sperm's got to go is all gone but i think for some yeah you're right like if it's stress and like it isn't such a natural thing and you can't control it if you relax and have a good time but you should be able to have a good time either way even if nothing's yeah. going to happen get high you know have sex while you're high or mushrooms like that's always an incredible experience or so i've been told not that i know <laughs> my little own. brother you can <laughs> possibly know that no no you only got me high in melbourne that one time with uh australian <laughs> steak if you well i went back to the ship stoned as fuck i ever did i tell you like i signed did you ask me to bring i think I, I'm yeah i know you i you, 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 said you, had you asked me that and we got high and we went walking on the beach and we saw a ferris wheel or something <laughs> i was so fucking stoned so like uh when that i got been so nice to get back on the ship oh i when my one friend um a photographer he was doing gangway and he saw me and he saw this big smile on my face he was i told him i was going to go smoke weed with you and he's like you son of a bitch i fucking hate you <laughs> i just rubbed it in his face and, everything. and it was uh i they had a so the the they had a sign out at the base of the ship and then a sign back in at the top. So I signed back in and I, at the same time, I signed back out while I walked on the ship. So it wasn't <laughs> until like 45 minutes later that my uh, roommate's girlfriend came in and was like, hey, you're still listed as signed out. I'm like, but I've been here for 45. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure that, I mean I feel I feel like drugs are really strict on the ships but they do they do testing there was never much testing or anything you weren't in trouble you couldn't have been in trouble there they test once in a while but I think I think that they've uh they lessened the uh idea of getting high on ships because I mean let's face it ship life is a very stressful environment and if you can do something where like it doesn't really affect your work uh load uh you should be able to partake in I think marijuana because I mean they let us drink like idiots for fucking six months <laughs> I mean, but no for a dollar yeah dollar <laughs> for, 25 a for a beer dollar <laughs> like 75 for a shot it was I did that for eight contracts man. <laughs> like, how many, so how many years did you so about four years you did that for that's fantastic well I did four and then two year break and then four so wow oh the things you must have seen yeah that's great oh that's great I think like I think when do you do I, met, I, I met my wife there uh, and like we talked about like can we do an art contract and it's like our bodies would not hold up from <laughs> from the workload or the drinking or anything it would be like oh isn't it funny because were you 23 when you started I was 27 and I was like look I can't drink anymore I'm 27 now but I can, you know, I'll just be professional and I want to learn, get my photographer skills down pat. That's all I'm here for. Whatever. <laughs> no. 27. I was what? a spring chicken. I was like, I'm so old now. What photography skills? Jesus. 
Oh, can I quickly say, seriously, that that launched my photography career because I didn't know about photography, but you're out in the sun, you go, ah, it's got to be on, you know, I can't be overexposed, the sun's out, the thing's out, you, you, you learn everything about the camera because in the Caribbean, especially the sun's going away, coming back, and so you're learning everything about that and then, you know, trying to get them to smile. It's like I was easily shooting models after that because, you know, you've got these memories, make me look good, and you're like, okay, just shoulder down, Um, okay, make my arm look thin, okay, Put it out a bit more so you know you so you know how to direct models after that okay so like let's talk about then like uh ship lights over uh is it one contract you uh do you go right back into photography after the ship or are you like taking some time afterwards to figure it I out i did i did i spent four months going what are we going to do but finally i was like i just have to get a job and i went to this interview completely unexcited for catch.com which is a retailer in australia we sell in in New Zealand as well, but catch.com is kind of, it's like Amazon. Amazon's our one big competitor, but it does really well in Australia. And it was catchoftheday.com before, but they've changed it to catch now. But I've been there for, I'm still there. I work there casually at the moment. It's great because I can do two or three days a week, pick up the kids, do whatever I need to do. And I work from home thanks to COVID, but so it's less photography, more design now. But for 11, 12, 13 years, I've been there and I started and I went, this is my place because it was shooting models. It was shooting all sorts of scan pan and stuff. So you go out and do a, get a, get food together so you could, you know, cut some chilies and bok choy up nicely and do this food shoot, shooting shoes. I love shoes. I mean, just we sell everything. So it was taking photos of absolutely everything, especially I love, I love doing model shoots. They're one of my favorites. And as soon as I started, I was like, this is great. And again, I sort of over, oversold myself as you do, you know, I was like, yep, I'm a photographer, designer, I've done it all. And they're like, right, in you go. And I, and I just was on my feet running thanks to that six month contract. And I just, yeah, again, loved it. Great group of people. Our design team grew while I was there from two people to 15. And I just, yeah, loved every second of it. So it was really good. No, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, what I was going to ask you, I mean, like it's, so like you're doing modeling, uh, you're doing like, so like, man, you have two kids. <laughs> tell me more like what's like what's like what's it like seeing the kids like like with Madeline your oldest like is there any results previous results from that relationship like negatively towards uh, that's what you had to worry about or well she, gosh, she's too young yeah she was too young I, I left when she was four months old so she just doesn't remember a thing uh of that sort of that sort of stage so the interesting thing will be like when she gets older now I don't know what happened, but he somehow lost all his anger. I don't know if he got some good counselling. I'm not sure. I know he's still, look, he's still who he is, but he's uh, he doesn't try and pull anything. He knows that he doesn't want to talk to me about anything, just about Madeline, and we share her well. She goes to his on the weekends. She starts school next year. It'll be every second weekend, which, to be honest, I'm not anxious about talking to him about that, but I still have put that off a bit because I'm like, you know, every next year it'll be every second weekend, you know, because we're going to have to set up new boundaries and you know, look, he's like, he's still a toddler. I've always, you know, sort of a, gives toddlers a bad name, but toddlers who just ah, and yell and scream when they don't get what they want. But no, Madeline's fine. I just feel for, there's so many women who I went to these other groups with and, you know, the support groups and all this sort of thing. And they were like, you did so well, you left then, you know, and they, they, they've got this guilt because they've got an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And they're like, you know, I've just, I've just got out of there. What the hell was I thinking? It's well done leaving at four months because, you know, these kids being around, this is a big deal for them. I think as they're growing up at, I mean, they're the most important years, you know, your brain's these tiny sponges over the first five years. Um, so it's absolutely massive and can be detrimental, I'm sure. But I was, yeah, I was, I was just lucky. And um, 
when you're when you're when you're hanging out with like other moms like from say the schools or anything can you like pinpoint when something's wrong like do you have that sixth sense maybe like having that gone through that experience you know what's so funny I mean because I've been through it you definitely I definitely look out for it I do I look out for it and I notice things and I think is you know yeah the way that uh, someone's just said something to someone I think mm, what's going on with you two sometimes you know and I feel like I could be way off but uh so yeah I don't feel like I have a sixth sense but yeah and look oh look we're going through such dramas at the moment again I thought I missed this podcast and life's just crazy there's a lot going on I share Madeline well but with my current partner Dave he, we have Zara who's um 10 and we haven't seen her for about four months that's really that's really stressful and it's really awful we all miss Zara especially Madeline that's her sister and they get on so beautifully and we probably we won't see her until we can get into court which is hopefully within a few months um but yeah hopefully now that COVID's over things get start processing we get processed um, yeah so yeah so all of these th this is really hard and I think both it's so funny because I'm sure that Dave must have been super sensitized now to like I try to be always very calm and I'm a very calm person if anything I'm just getting overexcited and I'm screaming because I'm excited you're very bubbly you're like, I can't imagine yeah, like, how how this would have affected you because you're always so you're always so bubbly always so friendly I mean this is probably had to put like a little chip in your armor or like add more armor to your arsenal if you will yeah, isn't it funny? It sort of didn't, uh, I thought, well, that's the funniest thing. I didn't think it had any effect, you know, because I did afterwards. I just felt this relief of not being around yelling. And I thought, this is great. We're fine. Happy days. Carry on, you know. And I sort of, I started, actually started another photography business here at home. because I thought, I'm not going back to catch. I did go back to catch in, within a couple of years, but I thought, nope, I'm going to start my own thing. I'm not going back to catch. I started doing baby photography. Uh, I thought it'd be great. I'll do first birthday cake smashes, newborn shoots, you know, but I mean, I've never been a big baby fan. Like, I'm really not. I don't. And I've always said zero or one. That's why it's funny that I've got two now because this little child was such a love child, especially, I think, after having a bad relationship, you meet someone who's just right for you and who is just on the ball. We've discussed this, like, not only someone who's just mentally stable and who doesn't yell and who is fair and who's who's a lovely person, but someone who you really connect to, then it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know. So Pace was just this love child because it was like, let's see what happens. And then a month later, hey, um anyway I digress baby shoots but then I, I realized like I had these things I had to do I ran the bath but I'd make these big cakes and the icing would get everywhere because the babies would be flicking it around and I was just like what am I doing trying to start this business I don't like working with babies I want to go to work and work with adults please so that's why that crashed and burned but uh anyway yeah but no it, it, but, oh, I'm digressing again it did affect me in the long term I noticed now you know there's things where I have a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of things that want to come out. There's, I feel anger sometimes and I'm uncomfortable with that because for 11 years I squashed this anger down. I had anger from someone else, but I didn't, I didn't ever feel it back to him because I was just like trying to help him. And even now, like I don't have any anger towards him. It's very strange, but sometimes I, sometimes I do, but sometimes I just feel angry or there's emotions that want to come out. And it's a bit strange because I don't know exactly how to get them out sometimes because I've squashed them for so long so I think there's that and that's coming up it's you know it's been five years and I'm like oh there's that okay okay and we're back hello friend. hello hello, hello friend. Friend. it's so good to see your face <laughs> yeah you too I know isn't it funny how like kindred spirits along the way and it's just so easy to talk to you and it's really it's really nice to see you too and catch up well I think that's the beauty part of like having our having had that experience is that like we 
like I and we have had the experience making friends all around the world. Like I know if I went to England, I was like, hey, Claire, do you want to grab a drink and with your kids and everything? She'd probably be like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's go do it. Like I was in Chile visiting my wife's family and my friend Andy and his girlfriend, who's also from Santiago, were visiting. So I got to see him and I was after my second con- and I met him off on my second contract. So, I mean, oh. it's like it's just like riding bicycle, like you may be apart for years and not talk to each other for years, but it's just a beauty when you get to see each other. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I mean, that was one contract. And when I think about you, all the friends, I can't imagine that many contracts I mean yeah you just the friends that you'd make and yeah you're right all over the world it's the it's just the best thing this cruising thing which I mean is it a thing again now I feel like it's still probably a bit mm. no it's still going forward I think I think everything's kind of gone back to normal to be honest I think I just I think people were like I think people it got to the point where like they just didn't care like their lives had been so poorly affected by it and now I think there's a whole lot of resentment towards it because like you know, people who are saying we shouldn't shut down, we should just keep on living and let it happen are now proven to be right because like nothing really changed with the curve or anything. And now it's like, and now the people who are like, oh, we got our vaccines are like, oh, you don't need vaccine. Like, so it's like, oh shit. Like the people that we thought were, you know, the two, the, like the two different sides, it doesn't, it, what am I saying here? I'm saying is that like, no one was right and no one was wrong. But like yeah. everything just got fucked up. It seems yes. for no reason. I think a lot of you are just overall yeah. frustrated. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the frustration comes too because I just want to know. I want to know the truth. I want to know what happened and why. Why you know? I mean, yeah, the whole thing's just—it's a crazy thing. Yeah, it's just like, know. yeah, because I'm pro vaccine. I'm pro medicine. I'm pro science. Yeah, pro science. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who were all like, no. It, it, they 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 always seem to be uneducated and now it's like oh they were right the entire time it's like fuck <laughs> kudos to you guys we're the real idiots trying to like I, like I don't think anyone cares about anyone else's well-being outside their own to be honest or their families yeah, this I, I'm, I'm such say. a science oh I know right? and I'm such a I'm such a believer in science but then you start to second guess yourself the other day I thought hang on because Dave and I were both really sick for a while there and you can't get over these coughs. And I've never had a cough like it, you know, and there's all these friends who had the same thing. Everyone's going through this same, this huge cough. And it's like, hang on, is that from the vaccine? Well, who do I know who didn't have the vaccine, who rebelled? Did they get the cough? Yes, they did. Okay, maybe that's okay then. I don't know. Well, so like we, I, Maka, my wife and I, we are triple vaxxed uh i was happy just being double vaxxed um but like we we, it was for two years we weren't sick because of masks and not going out as much and everything and then uh it wasn't until like i want to say mid-august we got this bad cough and everything and i think it's covid and we get the test and it's not covid i know not COVID. i've never had a cough like it oh she we, we think it's just it was our immune system failing us because it was just the flu because uh, we got the test, it was no COVID or it said no COVID. Um, so we think it was just a bad case of flu, but like half, after not being sick for actually two years straight and your immune system yeah. being lowered, that having the flu may have affected you a little bit harsher because it was like, I don't get sick that often, but this one knocked me on my ass. I was totally, like, oh. totally. And again, it's just, I'd love to read. We, we, have the, we have Google these days and we've got the internet, but like, where are these? I'd love to read some really like credible medical journals there probably is links again i just don't i don't look at this well, that's the thing that was like i think it's, it's I hard think enough 
well like so like during the pandemic i, I was getting like very uh what's the word white male frustrated like brr why can't right, right. and every time i would just go talk to my wife who's smarter than me and she'd be like you know science is an evolving thing right it's going to change from day to day you aren't going to be able to get the answers right away and i'm like oh that makes sense yeah. and so then i would get over myself after having a few beers and so I don't think the I don't think we're going to know anything until five, 10 years down the road after all of the studies have been done and all of the medical research yeah. has been done. We're just not uh, going to know until those books come out. And like to even think that like, oh, science is a finite thing was an idiotic thing for me to think of or anyone to think of because it is always evolving. Like we're not it, like if <laughs> perfect example is this is like I was born in 1988 back when computers were the size of a truck and now they're in our phones that's 34 years i mean like 34 years for all that development and we're like uh, done growing as a society or devolving as a society i don't know it's nuts no well done to your wife that is that's so brilliant what great perspective she has that's awesome because that is <laughs> like every time I, every time i'm like oh these are terrible times she's like you know if you went up and did comedy uh, and the king didn't like it, he'd cut your head off, right? I'm like, fair point. That's, uh, yeah. that's, uh, <laughs> that's or like, at cold. least you're not yep. fighting to the death that for like an arena full of men in Toga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Through COVID, I think a lot of us did that. It's like, but you just remind yourself how lucky you are. And you have to only have to think about it for a little bit and go, yeah, yeah, still very lucky. Mm, it's fine. Um, it's going to make the most of this. It's just the spread of information has been come too much to the point where like, now it's like the spread of misinformation and it's hard to find what's real, what's not, you know? That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I can't wait till that research comes out because I feel like two years away from everyone and not getting sick. Is that really, how detrimental can that be to your system after 30 odd other years, you know, of, of it doing the right kind of thing? But it, I just don't know enough about the immune system. I feel like I want to go and talk to someone at, at a university. <laughs> Personally, I actually enjoyed the pandemic. I didn't. <laughs> I still, I, because I was vaccinated, I still went to concerts and I still went to sporting events. There's just less people. And that was very enjoyable for me. <laughs> so that's amazing. You know that I'm from Melbourne, which was the most lockdown city in the world, don't you? <laughs> I did not know that was the most lockdown. Yeah, Melbourne was the most lockdown city in the world. We had lockdown the most out of anyone. And we had lockdown like, yeah, I couldn't have, you can't go. We couldn't have, I couldn't go to the park, let alone a concert with the kids because the kids can't go to the park and touch the outdoor things. At even the park. when you were vaccinated? It's so sad. Oh, yeah, vaccination didn't matter. And even, like, they had little tape, there's tape around the parks because you couldn't go to outdoor parks and you had to stay home. And that's a weird thing. We were allowed to leave the house for 30 minutes to exercise, to go for a walk. That's it. That's fucked. Because it was it a was viral. Weird. It was, like, a, a transmissional through, like, close contact, not through touching or anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, apparently this COVID lives on things for two weeks or something. <laughs> I, I think that's actually been debunked too, but I'm not a scientist, so I can't really say. It, like, I, think, yeah. I think the politicians in our, uh, in our lab, I think our poor politicians, they weren't ready for it and they showed Ooh. the colors and they fucked themselves through and through by just making terrible, terrible decisions. I feel for our, I loved our politician of our area. He was amazing, you know, but they get so much hate, so much hate now that again, thanks to online, but he did a great job and well, so many people to. Want it, are so angry, but he did good. Yeah, they were trying their best, but they just had, it was unprecedented. Like that never happened before in modern time. Yeah. What are you going to do? Exactly. It's such crazy like, stuff. Like if this was like the 1930s, it would just be dead bodies on the streets, essentially. 
so many yeah <laughs> oh yeah again thank you modern science yeah thank you modern science thank you mm -hmm. thank you to all our nurses and doctors who actually did the damn thing yeah, yeah. um <laughs> now back on track to the other next week as we do our covid <laughs> little bit here because <laughs> it's, it's, it's never not going to be part of the discussion i don't think it's never it's not going to be part of it so much yeah um, so I want to ask you, um, with Madeline and with uh, your young boy. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then, yeah, there's Zara as well. Zara, that's the thing we keep saying we're a family of five. It's amazing. But yeah, we essentially are. It's like, has that kind of changed how like, like with that, with the experience through trauma, has that changed how you plan on raising these young children of yours, these little minds of yours? Oh, that's a like, very good question. Like I was wondering, so, I was wondering because like I've, I've noticed with my own adulthood and childhood, like my parents raised me, get a job, kids, blah, blah. But I'm trying to go more down the artistic route and be more happy, like self-love sort of thing, which I, I'm very much going to be going down with my wife when we have a kid. Which I was like, if we're going to just full love, like support fantastic. that sort of thing. So yes. having had that experience that, terrible experience has yeah. do you think that's actually been beneficial towards you raising your kids knowing that oh, look that having that terrible experience essentially just absolutely makes me aware of the world and the people the range of spectrum of people in the world you know which you don't see before and that's the thing my parents are two very happy happy people they've never had bad experiences they've never I'm really been around yeah hey they've never been around assholes much they really haven't they've had a glorious life that's just solid glorious life of lovely people lovely friends and not awful people screwing them around at all I really have had that so for me that they were just like off you go into the world yay and then do what you want and when I that's the thing with Sean they're very good parents in terms of we're not going to say anything that's her business she's with this guy that's fine not that they had huge alarm bells because they don't know to have alarm bells but they just were like uh, he's all right but I feel like he's probably not on her wavelength entirely look yeah he's not the he's not the sharpest tool in the shed um <laughs> and so my parents were like yeah okay but it's all your it's up to you they never said a word you know I think sometimes I would say to my dad because I just I knew deep down you know there's this feeling I'm like dad what do you think he's he's all right right and he's like I'm not gonna say that's up to you and I was like okay but uh so I think that and then not knowing, again, for me being an aware person now, it's so great because I don't exactly, again, you sort of make this up as you go along this parenthood thing. But I think when the when those moments come up, I'll know what to say to just make her aware of these things and make her aware that there are a spectrum of people in this world, not to just, you don't need to trust everyone. You don't need to um, think everyone's great. That's totally fine. If there's someone you've, you're like, no, I don't, that's crossing. My, again, I suppose it's just that crossing my boundaries. I'm going to say, no, I was one who was always very bad at saying, no, I'm a, you know, I've always been a, a people pleaser and a yes person. And I think that's a bad combo for domestic violence, but yeah. So it's that having boundaries, saying no to things you want to say no to. That's completely fine. Worry about your own feelings first to a point, not other people's, you know, don't do it to your own detriment uh yeah so definitely it's very something I will definitely do and I think that you know very much if there's a relationship that Madeline's in or paces in I'll be like hey by the way there's some alarm bills here can you see them and I'll try and do a Karen and be like hey what do you deep down think because you know I'll have raised them so well that they'll have their inside thing on and go oh yeah yeah my mom was always like I don't because like 
when you're a kid, you're, you're always kind of want, because you, you, you trust your parents, you always want to ask them, like, what's your opinion of the person you're with? And my mom would always say, oh, it's, it doesn't matter if I'd like them. But it does. Like, we want, like, let me know. And then when they always, when they, you could always sense with the tone of their voice, we're like, oh, so you don't actually like this girl, do you? <laughs> I can, you do it. You want. I mean, you always want your parents to be proud and their approval. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we're just gonna have one kid. I think there'll be less. Have one. I think. I think one's a great number. Again, I can't. I was always zero or one, and one is a great number, especially. I don't know, like travel. It's one other plane seat. That's fine. Yeah. One. Then because siblings. Again, I was an only child. I loved it. Siblings. You know, they argue, and I can see it already. And I was like, oh my gosh, if it's just Madeline, she'd just be. Oh, this girl so creative talking about taking the creative route. She's just always sitting there tracing and coloring in and drawing and fashion designing. And she could just, she just needs the tiniest bit of space. But Pace is this ball of fire who's pinging around the room like a pinball machine. Is that what it's mum brain? Something like that. And yeah. you know, and so she's always pace, pace now. And just she's she's like, Pace, get out of my thing. I'm trying to do my own thing. And it's like, whoa, it could have been so calm here. But I'm just one for calm. I think a lot of people like are okay with noise. I've realized I'm very yeah, no, I I like the, I, I like the idea of having one kid. That way, we still outnumber the kids. The yes. kids, you know, yeah. like it's everyone still, says about three, then they outnumber you. But yeah, I totally think one. Then you, yeah, yeah. It's two, and then like I've I've always been I like I go grocery shopping. And you always see uh, the mother or the father with like grocery shopping and the, it's like you just see like their sunken faces like this is the most this is their hell <laughs> like they're so upset it's like why would I want that for my wife but I'm working and she's on a journey leave or vice versa I'm like that's not beneficial to that that sort of stress doesn't help any sort of relationship at no, all no no it doesn't no it doesn't yeah and it's, it's a common story I think this whole it's so easy especially yeah like one kid but two or three it's so easy and it seems to happen a lot you know partners drift apart and they're just ships in the night and might stay together but you know yeah relationship wise it, it's such a it's such a killer in some ways well it can be it can be it can also be a wonderful joining of things and you see this man being a beautiful father he sees you being a beautiful mother and it joins you together but it's obviously so much harder to get sleep uh, spend spend time together have a sensible conversation together do you guys uh like with uh with your current partner uh like is that something that you guys are very conscious of of like giving each other space so you guys can breathe a little bit when everything's kind oh, of so, much so overwhelming so. after being through so much both together and, and yeah oh look we're both such similar people and it's a good thing like you know yeah absolutely I think no. knowing <laughs> <laughs> that's why we get along so well it's my twin <laughs> yeah oh god but like he knows it's I think it's you know in, in a relationship even with our kids in a relationship you have time separate times time for yourself and that's so important for a healthy relationship is to do your thing that's just your thing because I think it's so easy to do the other person's thing I know I'm such a yeah I'll do your thing but we're both very aware of that as well having our own time and you know we sort of take it in terms like Again, I, that's why I thought I missed this podcast. I'd slept in till 11 and Dave's up with, with Little Lee, but yesterday I was up with him and Dave got to have a big, I mean, this, which isn't quality you time. Sleep, I'm not saying that sleep is quality. You know, you're not writing songs. I, I know, listen, sleep is very, very there. important. I think a good rest can make or break a week, to be honest. Yes, that, that too. Sleep is very important. Oh, it's so important. If you don't, it's so funny as an adult, it's so important. But as a, as a kiddo, I just know, you know, and any mum will say, 
if they haven't had their, their nap at the right time, a long enough nap, they're just a mess for the whole day or versus so happy for the whole day, which is just like an adult, you know, we can be a mess, but we try and keep it together. No, I'm happy. Or you're just feeling it because you've had enough sleep. It's just, it's everything, isn't it? You can think. All right. So like when you're, yeah, like proper rest is important. Uh, like we, do you ever think like we try and hold it in too much? Like we don't, we're not, we don't allow ourselves to just fucking lose it and freak out every once in a while. Oh, I, um, oh, again, you're talking to an expert for 11 years, you know, but I, I held it in, but I didn't know I was holding it, holding it in. So I think absolutely we need to let these things out. And I'm still trying to work out the best way to do that. I remember one time just after I'd left and I was driving somewhere with Madeline and whenever she used to cry, Pace crying doesn't bother me at all, but Madeline crying, I'd be like, oh God, like it would literally, I, I can't even tell you. So one time mum was in the car, Madeline was screaming in the back seat, and I just pulled the car over. And I was like, mom, just deal with Madeline. And I got out and I walked about 20 meters away from the car and just started screaming like, ah, ah. And like, I just didn't stop. And just as loud as I could, I thought maybe this is going to help somehow, somehow inside it'll help. I'll just keep going. And I kept going till my voice was hoarse. And the next morning I just had a croaky voice and was like, I don't know if that did anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm no expert about that, but I have tried a few different methods. I've also tried, I've got a very hippie friend who's like, all right, so she starts like it's it's this inter interpretive dance type thing, but it's like just do whatever you can. And the music is all very you know there's a beat, and but 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 you sort of start on all fours and just moving your back around, and it sort of lets things out. And you know then you carry on, and she sort of guides you through this. And so I've tried, you know, look just to just to show that I've tried all sorts of different things, and I don't quite know the answer yet, but I'm still. You, uh, being that you are such a bubbly, kind, wonderful soul, have you tried breaking stuff? Oh my God, it's so funny you said that. Literally only weeks ago, I was unloading the dishwasher and I was texting friends because I had to let it out to someone. I just was texting friends saying, you know what I want to do right now? I've never so much wanted to take plates out of the dishwasher and just smash them on the floor because that would, I think that would be really great. You know, I was like, I just wish I was at a Greek wedding right now and I could smash all the plates. I did have that feel. Yeah, you know, they have like anger rooms now, eh? where like they, they have a model where you wear safety gear and you just smash it. <laughs> I didn't know, but I suppose you can't really book in. You can't book in an anger session, can you? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. the right moment. You, have to, you just want to walk in, and it needs to be five minutes from home. And then you could go for it. No, I'm sure. Like you could just do a walk in, and just like I need to break thing, and they'll be like, "Yeah, no, you look like you need to break something. <laughs> just smash, smash, smash." That makes me really happy to hear that that's a thing. I like this. That that just the thought of that makes me go, "Oh, that's a nice idea." Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's good. Like I, I when I, when I grew when I was growing up, I always imagined that I would have a house. And I have this one room for my, and it would be my anger room where I would just smash shit. And my, when, and like, if my kid had a bad day or my wife had a bad day, bad day I'd like come into the room of anger and we just smash the shit out of things. And it would just be a, the, a, a room or a house that's just like dirty and messy, but like we would just break shit. And then like every few weeks we'd clean up all the mess and then we'd find more stuff from the dollar store and just break that shit. And like, there's just something, um, there's something about like releasing that tension, that uh, animosity in a physical fashion. Like I just started playing sports again, like ball hockey. And I didn't realize how much I missed actually com competition. And yeah. some of the guys I play against take it a little bit too seriously. Like it's like, we're not the pros guys, maybe not try and fucking <laughs> run each other's heads in the boards. But like, it's just like, oh man, I missed this idea of like actually being physically active, like sport wise. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. I'm very beneficial to my mental health as well. Oh, that's and I get really... in shape because I'm running and then sometimes I feel like dying afterwards because I'm so out of shape but whatever 
No, that's great. I think that's so awesome. And you made me think that's the thing. I, I love taking the dog for a jog and I've got to do that more because I think physical, just physical activity of any kind, but especially what you're doing there, that's oh, that's like the epitome. But um, yeah, I think anything like that's definitely probably equal to smashing a plate or two. But um, oh, you've thought about this. I like that. You've thought about this. And uh, I think the plate smashings or something along those lines, it's a good idea to let it out. Um, Dave's thing is his number one thing is stay calm. He's always like, just stay calm. Step one, stay calm. I don't think, I mean, yeah, like I think any, I think the majority of people are calm, level-headed people, but there comes a point where like, you can't be calm all the time. You have to be able to like, just say fuck it and like let loose and do something stupid or, you know, say something ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Like the people that just say it, like, that just live in this bubble of like perfect, perfect Audi or some whatever that word is would be it just it just makes it doesn't make sense because you know at some point that you know the lava is going to rise to the top and that volcano is going to explode and it's not going to be in a great fashion yeah that's it yes yeah, so that's got to be it's got to be measured yeah well, Here, that's how I'm... am I doing with these analogies come on get back to me let me know what's happening. <laughs> I'm so bad with these yeah <laughs> um I think heavy metal is a big one though. It's become it's one of Dave's big loves and so loud heavy metal. That's gonna do it. And it's like he plays and stuff like that too. Well, yeah. Again, I, I can't work out how to take it off blurry because I have it on blurry for work. But behind we've got this fantastic drum kit. He's an incredible drummer. Well, so I mean and that's that's it. That's his like smashing things, right? Yeah. In that drum kit. I mean, that's for sure what he uses. Oh. That's yeah, and when he was a teenager and like, but it's great because as soon as he gets into that flow, I could just start dancing and it's just the most wonderful thing to listen to, let alone for him to start doing, because he's just really, he's just a talented percussionist. There's also a bass guitar, which he needs to buy an amp for. So, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, music's a good one too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you but, should get yeah. into singing. You guys could be like a, go oh, out, don't out even a I've been trying to sing more, but it's so funny. I just, yeah, it just doesn't, I'm not. I'm just not feeling it at the moment. And look, it comes down to beautiful little, beautiful little kiddos, less metal and more pace because he's just constantly, mum, 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 he's a mummy's boy. It's like, dad is going to take you. Ah! So, you know, it's just, I'm very needed at the moment, but I look forward to singing more. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like everyone needs that one thing that gets them out of the house and doing stuff. And like, yeah. just that stress relief. I mean, like, I mean, I've been taking it away from comedy, but I know I want to get back into it. But it's just like, it's being that right, right headspace. So, like, you don't, go back into it and you're like oh that was shit I never want to do it again like you want to go back and like give it a real try when you're mentally ready sort of thing right? yeah but I think for you the pool just like for me with singing the pool for you to do comedy it's just always going to be there and so you know it might, it might be a long way around but then you're gonna you're gonna come back to it aren't you because it's just your it's sort of something it's a bit of a thing within you yeah yeah I mean you always saw how I always tried to like make everyone laugh it's <laughs> always yeah. just the idiot around yeah. <laughs> exactly it's just within you and so to do it on stage I can't even imagine I'm just so the opposite I just can't I'm not that kind of person like that's the thing I'm like oh not not stage I'll get up and sit, belt out anything I'll go and sing but the idea of comedy is completely elusive to me I just you know I completely don't I can't oh, imagine so you it. have a very good sense of humor how does it how does it seem elusive to you yeah I well just you know oh, I have a good sense of humor but that doesn't mean I could tell a tell a joke or talk about something funny I I can't deliver anything like that not that I've ever really tried, but I, I, I just couldn't do it. You know, but Dave's great at it. The other morning, like he was, the toilet's right next to Pace's room. I put him down. He's just screaming. And when Dave got out of the toilet, he's like, it just sounds like an angry Chinese man because Pace is in bed going, I don't know, I don't know. 
this screaming little and it just cracked me up and I was like yeah it is like that that's so funny and then and again two minutes later and like I don't come up with stuff like this I don't but that's the thing I noticed that Dave does and I was like you could be a stand-up comedian because he's he's got mum's pills and they're called Sozzle S-O-Z-O-L Sozzle which is a weird name for mum's Parkinson's medication and Dave was just like it's like you're apologizing, you know, insincere apology for breaking, you know, your grandmother's plate. Oh, Sozzle, broke her plate, Sozzle, so Sozzle about that. And I was like, bah. So, yeah, I think uh, you've either got it, or, got it or you don't. And I don't, I just don't come up with funny things in my head. But, yeah, I love to laugh. Don't get me wrong, like a lot of people, everyone. Yeah, what is it? So, like, that's, like, you got, man, most lockdown city in the world, even mm-hmm. worse than uh, a city in China. I mean, what you do for fun <laughs> is that is that yeah. how you meet the baby i think like, i mean look yeah, yeah everyone just got completely addicted to their netflix and uh we're so lucky we're on a few acres here so we could walk around outside but to be able to not be able to walk around for more than half an hour outside i don't know how everyone coped but everyone went a bit nuts you know i think the mental health system's probably struggling everywhere but especially here well no, look i don't know but i think it's yeah it's uh it wasn't easy that's for sure i don't know how everyone coped i'm trying to think of what things we did for yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know how we did it. <laughs> you had two kids to keep you occupied, so that's pretty good. Easy to yes. keep busy yep. when you do that. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Nina, it's been lovely catching up with you. I miss your so face. Good. I'm so happy that you're happy now. I hope that uh, your partner, uh, Dave was his name, right? Dave. Dave is able to sort his uh, stuff out with his ex and that you guys can move on to flourishing happy family of five and everything um oh, thank you. but like so in terms of like the future like you got these two little youngsters plus the third one mm-hmm. um what's what's next for you guys or like you put- like are you are you you're, you're working you're working full-time how, like do you want to go more into the artistic thing or is are you just like i'm gonna be a mom for a bit and then figure it out afterwards no oh look uh, that's what i was gonna say actually that's what I, i'm glad you brought that up i was gonna say before about being a creative person you know you're a creative soul you've got you and what you do here with these podcasts fantastic and uh being a comedian and I've always been a creative person in terms of the visual and I and singing I suppose as well and it's something that always bubbles away and you know I've noticed in life it's like oh I just don't feel quite right at the moment what's going on it's because you sort of got nothing bubbling away creatively thinking of even just thinking about things in your head like when I came up with my food shoes you know I came up with a strawberry shoe with uh, chocolate drizzling down it and you know it was this beautiful thing took me 30 hours in photoshop but it's just things in your mind that come up for me for me Salvador Dali surrealism it's my thing for everyone it's different but to have your mind bubbling away at creative things and to be able to use it as an outlet and get it out on stage with comedy whatever it's such an important part of being a creative person which most people are like you know who's who's not a little bit creative but it's it's doing those things and finding those good outlets to get to get them out and to take the time to think about these to think about them and go hey I'm going to have a bit of a think about stuff because it just lifts you up when you you know you've got this special mind that's completely different to anyone else's and purely yours it can come up with anything and so that's I think that's just awesome and talk about finding you know time within being a mum or being just a couple that's your thing you know I think that's that's massive uh yeah but no I mean I love I still love my job things are changing it's going a bit corporate but catch.com it's still my creative outlet and has been for 11 years so that's really cool and I Maddie's going to school next year so I'll probably work four days a week there and yeah do more singing Dave will do again he's he's a, he's a great guitarist great drummer and I love the idea of doing some more Erica Badu stuff 
you know, some slow jazzy stuff just with a drum beat and singing. Again, haven't had the chance, but. Have you guys had a chance like to sing and play together before? Or uh, is that something the new venture that you want to kind of chase down? Oh, look, most nights once the kids are asleep, we have a bit of a, a, a thing together where we a will jam play session. some music and have, yeah, have a jam session. We'll do some singing. Dave might play the guitar and have a bit of a sing. Yeah. This is Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, <laughs> oh, man. How you going? <laughs> How you going, mate? <laughs> you, there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we it's just it was so funny too. Just on last this last Friday night, I loved it because we had a bit of a dance party outside. It's just the two of us. We had a bit of a dance party, which you know you need to do sometimes. I felt like I was eighteen again at Fanny's. That was the place in Newcastle. And in Newcastle, it's Fanny's, and you had a bit had, had a big dance and uh, just yeah. A lot of the time, though, we end up having a bit of a sing and things, you know. No, oh, aren't you guys so cute? So cute. So yes. Cute. So <laughs> Mark and I actually uh, took dance lessons last winter and during the pandemic learned to do the waltz. Really? Yeah. Is this was... for? Oh no, you got married. I was like, is it for your upcoming wedding? Sorry. No, like that. we got married and like we were thinking of having like a big church wedding or like a bigger wedding in Chile, but it's like. We had our perfect wedding. It was small, intimate. Like it was a thousand dollars at a bar. It was perfect. That's lovely. That's we lovely. To impress anyone else with our fancy gowns or anything, but right. she did buy another dress. So maybe we'll do like a renewal vows down the line or something. Like that. It's been yeah. three years, so maybe five years. We'll do like our renewal vows or something. Yeah, big big party renewal vows in a beautiful dress. I love it. That's great. Yeah, if I win That's the lottery, so I, I, we can do a cruise ship renewal vows and just invite all my friends from around the world, and do, we all do a cruise ship. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. there, little bro. Could you, could you <laughs> like so? If we so if um, we, let's let's kind of like talk about it, right? So like, with our experience on cruise ships, right? If we were to go theoretically on a cruise, what would be some of the things that you would try and like get away with, having had your past cruise experience? <laughs> I definitely try. Oh yeah, you got to try and get into the crew bar. Hey, you got to get in with the crew. Get into the crew bar for sure. I think I would ask my steward if they're part of the mafia and see if I could get some <laughs> discount drinks that way. Like give them like 50 bucks. Yeah. Or just, or just, yeah, go to the crew bar every night and just fill out your little chip. No, they don't do those anymore. Apparently it's all like based on a card oh. system, like a specific That'd be card right. system. And they're probably $4 now, not $1. Dollar no, I think they're still pretty cheap. <laughs> Imperatively <laughs> so. I mean, they got to keep them happy somehow. I have so many friends that went back on ships after the pandemic. And I was like, no out why'd you go back oh really i thought you meant no because you were jealous god i see mark remember mark our our cruise director oh man and i just love that guy and i love seeing photos um i'd love seeing these photos of him but i do i'm like oh but i suppose after eight contracts you've not as not so much jealous because it is it is hard to get out of once you're in you're right well yeah <laughs> no it's it, i'm fortunate that i met someone that you know it wasn't the be all end all but like she uh she got promoted and they're like all right well this is the end of your relationship essentially because you guys aren't gonna be able to get linked together on the same mm -hmm. ship like, oh, then i quit and then i was like oh well i guess i quit too and then we moved on from ships but man it is it's rough to try and actually have like a safe and stable relationship on a ship <laughs> you only saw us for six months but i seen it for eight contracts where it's like man it just wrecks some people Oh, it would. Well, I mean, I just find it's so funny though, because I, yeah, I, I think I've been in a relationship for a couple of years. So I was very, I've got a boyfriend. But again, but everyone's just like, 
who cares? You don't have a shit boyfriend yet. Let's get it on. What are you doing? Come on. I'm like, no, no, I've got a boyfriend. It doesn't matter. What are you talking about? I was like, what on earth is going on in this crazy ship world where, you know, it's like the love boat and everyone's just getting all frisky. Do you have... <clears throat> but that's the thing. And everyone does. I don't know why, but on boats, everyone gets frisky and everyone gets all excited about everything. <laughs> like when our doctor took us into the princess theater and said, everyone stop having sex. You've all got STDs. Stop it. You need to play with yourselves. Just stop having sex. And I was sitting there, ah, so I've got a boyfriend at home. I'm not doing anything. And Claire and John are both like oh, horrified, looking looking over at everyone else. And everyone's just, oh my God, we've all got crabs or whatever they had. Yeah, I think it was crabs. There was an outbreak <laughs> on the ship. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. I ran to John a few times on ships. I ran to Chris a few times on ships. And it's always good to see those guys so great yeah oh god again i can't believe it i was only on one but it's like i got this whole family and christmas felt like a family do because claire was oh do we want to bring up how you guys made me cry on christmas day you bastard oh. you and claire oh i promise i, I feel like it's this deep down feeling bad because it's like i don't remember but i do remember i feel all bad just the thought of it no like so it was like happy tears though right it was like uh i was feeling so alone and so bad because it was my first Christmas away from family and I was feeling depressed and I came over to your guys cabin because we were neighbors and you're like oh Mitch we got you guys a gift we got you a gift and you gave me the gift and I was like okay I need to leave for a second I just started quietly quietly crying in my room because like oh Aww. people like me they really really like me <laughs> oh, oh thank it made, oh, I'm like, so it made glad like we got you a gift then yeah because it, it is such a sweet little thing I did not expect so thank you for that <laughs> oh that's so lovely that's so lovely yeah oh gosh well I feel like saying I'm sure it was both of us but yeah Claire was just such a lovely giving person she was so wonderful so that's oh that's good yeah oh gosh how lovely <laughs> oh and you know what this conversation has been lovely it's been lovely to catch up with you uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I hope you had a good time. <laughs> I had a great time. It was so nice to adults. Thank you for having me. Adult conversations are great. Yeah. And uh, best of luck to both of us. We'll have, we'll have to do this again. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, and look, you're magnificent and you do such a, you do such a great job. You're right at interviewing. You're, you're brilliant at what you do. And so just, yeah, very proud of you, little bro. And keep up the good work. All right, sis, I love you. Uh, sister from another, say hi to mom and dad for me. I will. See you soon. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later, okay? Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Yanina. Uh, she doesn't have anything to promote, uh, so we have no social media tags. But I will say that um, it's never too late to reach out and get help um, it, with, if you're in a relationship uh, that is, you know, bad. Uh, whether you be a female or a male, um, and your partner is treating you poorly, it's never too late um, to reach out and get help. There are tons of numbers, tons of websites you can go to find out local numbers uh, for uh, assistance in those situations. Uh, perfectly example is that uh, in my shoot job, we just had a guest from the Women's Interval Home in Sarnia, Ontario. Uh, and a lot of the situations they mentioned were uh, sometimes the partner who is being abused will wait until the next morning 
to go and get help. But uh, they recommend that if you are in a dangerous situation, do it as soon as possible. Get out now because uh, after uh, rethink, giving yourself time to think about it, you'll make excuses and reasons why not to leave and get the help you deserve. So go out, get the help you deserve if you need it. And I wish you the best in your future endeavors in doing so. Everyone should be able to live a healthy and safe life. And with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. I hope you guys all enjoyed the podcast uh, with you, Nina. And we got another great guest for you guys coming uh, next week, uh, sooner rather than later, uh, because we have something very important to promote on that episode. Thanks again for your time, guys. Cheers. And I'll see you down the road.